guys, what's up? Welcome back to Live, Laugh, What? I'm Liv, and today we're talking about a really cool topic that we've actually never touched on before, which is pelvic floor dysfunction. So this topic has really hit home for me, and I really wanted to have an expert on because obviously I'm not an expert, but I wanted someone to shed some light on this topic. And so today I have the amazing Dr. Kelly on from the Women's Center in Palmetto, Florida, and she's going to chat with us about this. So thank you so much for coming on, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Just kind of chatting a little bit before this. Now I'm all rubbed up and fired up about just kind of getting the word out about like what this is because everyone's heard about it, but we don't really talk much about it because it's either taboo or people don't know how to bring it up or if they even have a pelvic floor or like where it is. So I'm stoked to be able to kind of shed some light on this in a way that's maybe not too much or ease the unknown or the, the kind of the weirdness. Right. Yeah. Cause it, I feel like you say pelvis or like pelvic and people yeah. are like, uh, uh, what are you going to do now? Yeah. Yes. First things first, <laughs> let's, let's ease into this topic with a funny story. So earlier this year I met with Kelly and I had been going through so much, so much. And I pretty much had it. I was in the literally the worst pain of my life. And so I meet her, I sit down, like she walks out, she's like, hey, I'm Kelly. And I was like, hi. And then I sit down in the treatment room and she's like, so what's going on? And I, I just go, um, I'm sorry, I think I'm going to start crying. And just God bless Kelly because she's like, oh, you can cry if you need to, no worries. And I just break down <laughs> crying. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the worst first impression Literally three minutes of meeting you and I'm bawling on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it takes longer than that for me to make people cry. So I think that might've been a record. <laughs> My like face and name are going on that wall for so many different reasons, but one of which was um, <laughs> being the first to cry. <laughs> a lot of records, a lot of records for you. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh yeah. That's uh -huh, number one thing. What makes you unique? Uh, I set many a record at the women's center. Yes, I did. But let's actually get into some of the things around pelvic floor and pelvic floor dysfunction. Can you just give us a quick overview of number one, your background as a physical therapist, and then break down what the pelvic floor actually is? Yes, I would love to. So I am a uh, doctor of physical therapy, like you said, and I wanted to go to physical therapy school, play with kids. You know, I want to help the babies and kind of help get kids to have like as healthy and as ideal of like a musculoskeletal system as they possibly can to, you know, to achieve all their goals and to play the sports and to, to walk, to move, whatever the overall goal was, that's what I wanted to do. So cool. Year and a half ish. in maybe we have a zoom meeting with the owners of um, our company, children's therapy solutions in Bradenton, Florida. And they're like, Hey, we want to start a women's center. And we're like, it's me and uh, one of the other PT at the time. And we're like, okay, like, yeah, let's start a women's center. Cause you learn about all these things, right? I know the muscles. I know how the body works, but like, okay, yeah, let's start a women's center. And they're like, okay, like let's sign you up for all like these advanced trainings, these advanced courses, like let's do it today. And at least in our area, there wasn't really anyone that was doing it or doing it in a way that it was accessible to patients, meaning that taking insurance and getting people in soon and not having really, really long wait lists. Um, Cause a lot of places you got to pay out of pocket. And so the pediatrics thing was awesome. And I go, you know what? I never saw myself being a pelvic floor therapist to be a hundred percent honest. And I tell my patients this too. I always knew that I would do something. I don't know. Cause some people think of PT and they think of like a big room and someone's doing squats and you're doing stretch. Like 
I always knew that I was going to do something a little bit different than like what you expect. So that's kind of where I am now and where I spend most of my time, but really just helping women, number one, learn about what's going on with their bodies, why they're having pain, right? Instead of like, oh, that's how it is now. No, like I'm going to show you, I'm going to feel these muscles. I'm going to tell you what it is, why it's happening, and then give you a couple easy ways that they can kind of get incorporated at home, right? Because everyone doesn't have hours dedicated to exercising, right? For, you know, women that work or have babies or whatever their life looks like. Like, I'm not going to sit here and preach and tell you, here's what you should do, but I'm going to be real with you and kind of give you practical ways that you can improve your health and then also make your body feel better. That's kind of me in a nutshell as a PT. Yes. If, if you want someone who literally makes everything way more fun than it typically <laughs> would otherwise be, you need to go see Kelly. Like oh. I'm telling you, it's a life changer. Now with everything with pelvic floor, you know, health and all of that, it sounds kind of funny to say pelvic floor health, but <laughs> can you explain what the pelvic floor is and like what it's used for and even creating a little more clarity on things that maybe people have seen online that they got an assumption from, but it's actually wrong. Yes, for sure. So first of all, your pelvic floor, it's a group of muscles. So it's muscles, connective tissue, and it helps support your structures and like organs. Basically, if you think of like, right, your pelvis, like your hip bones, imagine like a sling or a hammock that are like around, like a little bit underneath like that area. And if you think of like a hammock too, right? I want to lay in a hammock that is when I sit in it, it's a, there's some tension, right? It's not going to, it's not going to be so uncomfortable that it doesn't move or have any give right when I lay in it. And then, and I also don't want to sit in a hammock. That's just going to like give out on me and fall all the way. And then I'm like ending up laying on the ground. Cause what am I doing? Right. So the, the point of it is to basically it's the base of your core musculature. So it's a group of muscles. It's a hammock that supports the stuff above it. Well, what's above it? Your uterus, your bladder, your intestines, your rectum, all that fun stuff. And it keeps things where they're supposed to be. They also assist your deep abdominals, core muscles, including your back muscles, your diaphragm, which helps you breathe, um, to assist with just keeping overall posture um, and controlling the pressure inside the abdomen, right? So a lot of people, like you might be familiar with either yourself or with a friend or family member, like, oh, I laughed and then I peed a little bit. Okay, well, what is happening there if you break it down? When you cough, sneeze, laugh, jump, exercise, there's pressure that's in your abdomen that's being exerted. The job of your pelvic floor is to not let stuff come out if you don't want it to come out. So that pressure that your muscles exert is supposed to override any pressure that is bearing down on it from coughing, sneezing, laughing, jumping, whatever. If there's dysfunction, if the, the pressure can't withstand that pressure in your abdomen, then you're gonna leak, right? Whether it's urine, feces, gas, whatever. So that is a big thing that it plays in terms of basically keeping things in and letting things out at the proper time. Cause there's a time and a place for both, right? But we don't want it to be when you're, when you're laughing or squatting or sneezing. It also helps to assist with sexual function as well. So you'll hear a lot about people or people will say like, oh, you know, intercourse is painful. It shouldn't be, that's not normal. Or right. People are taught like, oh, well just breathe through it. Or like, oh, just relax. Well, if muscles are tense already, then breathing through it or knowing like, Hey, every time I do X, Y, or Z, it's going to be painful. 
your brain is already going to, you're going to expect that. So then what's going to happen? You're going to prepare for that and it's going to end up making it worse. So, right. Oh, just breathe or like relax. Okay. That's nice to say, but what's the actual issue? And a lot of the times it could be due to overactivity of these muscles that are so tight. And then it also can help support a growing baby during pregnancy and then during vaginal delivery during childbirth. So there's so many roles that it plays and so many connections that it has to other muscles. Kind of like I talked about with your abdominals, with your back muscles, it's a base of your core muscle. So if the floor of your house is wonky and gives out and isn't what it's supposed to be like, then like the whole foundation of the house isn't really the best that it can be. So hopefully those analogies kind of make a little bit of sense, but they are a group of muscles and they help support your organs. They help with sexual function. And then they also with bowel bladder control, just to name a couple of the main ones that will make a lot of sense to hopefully like to a lot of people's lives. Yeah. I I know the number one thing that kind of was baffling to me is how does this one area do so much and yet no one is talking about it? And I think that was where I was like, oh, wow. And I know when you explained to me, for instance, when you go to go to the bathroom, the pelvic floor relaxes yep. and ladder turns on. Oh, I'm and so you don't. Bad. I got goosebumps. Wait, you're. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're a PT now. <laughs> I know, right? Yes. I'm going to get Yes. And, and I think it's crazy because you don't realize the number of functions your body is going through to do simple things throughout the day. But when you start having issues with things that you regularly would do how many times a day without thinking about it, right. it makes you appreciate each muscle so much because you're like, wow, buddy, you're working so hard. Like, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Good job relaxing so I can pee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the one thing that I do think is good is that a lot more people have become familiar with the term pelvic floor dysfunction. And, you know, we love people getting informed about it because it is this area that like controls so many body functions. But I think the downside is that it's gotten so tightly related to pregnancy and postpartum that a lot of people don't realize that you can still deal with these symptoms without ever having been pregnant or giving birth. So I was interested to see if you could talk a little more about what you've seen in women that have never been pregnant or given birth and maybe even some of the symptoms they've come in with saying like, oh, I'm dealing with this and that. And they've realized through working with you that it was actually pelvic floor dysfunction. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of the time, general like, back pain, right? Like, okay, my back hurts. Okay. Well then usually that's not one back muscle is injured, right? Okay. Where is it coming from? Right. And as a PT, I'm always like, why? Right. My biggest mentor ingrained in me, like, Hey, something's happening. Why this baby's doing this? Why this person's doing this? Why their head's like this? Why? Cause if I'm not getting down to why something is happening, how am I able to number one, fix it number two, fix it the best way that's possible. And then because not only am I just trying to fix something, I'm trying to show you how you can manage what's going on, right? Because for a lot of patients, I see them once a week, twice a week, maybe, right? So, okay, if you have this and this starts to act up, or if you notice that, that this symptom is kind of flaring up or, oh, this hip's bugging you again, here's what you can do at home, right? You don't need a portable Kelly, right? To to, to do a massage. Actually, a formal petition to have a portable Kelly. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm getting like Ashley Sue from Black Mirror vibes. What would I wear? Oh, now I'm stressed. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But um, why are these things happening? Right. And so when I think of all of this too, I, obviously with pregnancy, postpartum, your pelvic floor muscles, there's a lot of pressure on them. Why? Because there's a growing human, right? 
your hormones change, things get a lot more lax and loose. So the body is preparing to birth a baby. That's what the body is doing. There's pressure. And then these, these pelvic floor muscles that are the, the nice, strong hammock that we want, right? The hammock that you want to lay in can turn into depending on hormones, genetics, how, if you're having twins or triplets, or you have a big baby that can put a lot of pressure and a lot of strain on these muscles. So they get elongated and weak. Well, other factors that can also contribute to pelvic floor dysfunction as well can include obesity. So just having extra weight and extra pressure that's pressing down on that pelvic floor, on that hammock, um, having previous vaginal deliveries. So women that may be like, I mean, some people come in and they're like, yeah, like I had my last baby, like 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, but now I'm dealing with this. And that kind of combined with genetics can, um, can play a role, but not directly. Like I just had a baby fix my pelvic floor. A lot of times things kind of creep up post-menopause or like hormonal kind of changes or imbalances, chronic cough as well. So sometimes people with like COPD or smokers will develop pelvic floor dysfunction and why? Okay. Well, think every time you cough, kind of like that back to that intra-abdominal pressure that I mentioned before, right? Every time you cough, you're exerting pressure, a downward force. After a while, if your pelvic floor is weak, even if it's strong, right? Or if it's kind of like on the border, like, eh, it can go either way. The more pressure that you put in force that goes downward, it's going to give, right? It's going to, that hammock is going to turn into that floppy hammock that is just laying there that no one wants to lay in because it can't withstand that pressure. Spinal or nerve impairments, so like different neurological conditions, um, depending on the innervation that is to those specific pelvic floor muscles, having surgeries that impact your pelvic floor or core muscles, hysterectomies, uh, for example, uh, previous traumas or a fall. I treat some patients who were doing something and then fell, and then they, they landed right on their butt, and then all of their pelvic floor muscles get so tight and tense because they're on high alert mode. Or it could be like physical or sexual abuse or um, people with high stress or anxiety. A lot of people carry their stress and anxiety in their shoulders, but a lot of people will also like clench their jaws. So they'll have like TMJ pain or disorders. And that's highly related also to pelvic floor dysfunction. Or sometimes like you'll be like driving, right? Or in like a tense situation, you're like, oh, like I'm squeezing my butt together. Like, why is my butt working, right? A lot of people, these muscles are working. You don't realize it because that's your body's kind of way of trying to deal with that stress or that tension. So there's a lot of different things, either like internal, you know, like genetic things that you can't necessarily control or lifestyle choices or job choices, diet, exercise, all of those things that you can control and whether or not it's something that you were either born with, you know, like a connective tissue disorder or something autoimmune or something that is like a lifestyle choice, I'll, no matter what it is, pelvic floor therapy can help with all of that too. So hopefully that answers your question. It's crazy hearing you break all that stuff down because I just sit here and go, how many women are dealing with pelvic yeah. floor issues and don't know it? It's, yes. it's genuinely so crazy. And I think also, and just kind of blew my mind because I never really thought about it was a tense muscle is a weak muscle. Yes. Say it and, louder. <laughs> yeah. Say it louder. Um, no, seriously, like that rocked my world because I was like, you think that a, a tight muscle means, oh, it's like rock hard, you know, but no, it's just super weak. And it's just in this tense state all the time. And 
me, I had a major surgery to the pelvic area. Um, I actually had a bone removed in that area years ago, and I never received physical therapy after that surgery. And so part of me is like, oh man, you know, I wonder how many things could have been helped or avoided had I gone for physical therapy after that. Like there's just so many things that can contribute to this. And even like you said, if you have a condition where you're coughing a lot, people just like, there's so many things you do not realize are putting pressure on that area, especially we sit so much more now than we were ever meant to, like as a society, you were not supposed to be sitting this much. And now you're sitting all that time, you're putting pressure there. And it's craziness. But I'm so glad you went over all those things. Because I'm sure there's going to be someone that's like, Oh, my gosh, light bulb moment. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was gonna say too, like, if you hear any of these things, or you're like, Oh, they're speaking my language, or okay, now that I think about it, yeah, wait, back pain's not normal. No, back pain's not normal. Neck pain is not normal. And I'm going to go through some other things later on that like, Hey, is this normal? Or like, what would entail me going in and seeing someone for pelvic floor therapy or just physical therapy in general? But just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal, right? There's commercials for pads or liners or like, Oh, I leak sometimes. And like, Oh, you just get this. Okay. Well, Wearing a pad or a liner or a diaper, right? That's all fine and dandy if you're kind of carrying on with your life, but you're not addressing the real issue. Common's not normal. That's not normal. Like that's your norm. That's what you're used to. But like, I'm like, not under my watch, like not with Kelly, not at this place. Like we are not going to deal with that. We're going to figure out why, right? Okay. This is the side you hold your baby on a lot, or, oh, this is the side that when you stand, you put a lot of your weight on. Okay. Let's try to loosen these muscles. Let's try to figure out a way that when you're standing at home or when you're carrying your baby, like you can switch it off. Or when you notice that this starts to tweak, what's, what are two things you can do at home? So I think that aspect of it is very important too, where we're not only, we're dealing with like all of these things, right? Cause some things are a little bit more obvious, but the things like neck pain, back pain, or, oh, it, I'm stiff when I get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, but you don't have to be. You have been, and that's your norm, but that doesn't mean that that's how you need to live your life anymore. And that's what physical therapy is here for. So I think just kind of breaking that idea of like, well, that's that's what it is now. I had a baby and now everything hurts. Nope. Like everything hurts right now because you haven't gone to PT yet. So afterwards it won't. And then that's, you're going to have a whole new total norm. That was my big soapbox. I needed to say that. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you needed to, because I think any sort of therapy, I think people are like, oh, that's if you've had a really serious issue. Right. But also it's kind of sad because it's like, yeah, but the resource is there for you. You don't have to live this way. And it makes me sad because how many people are going around in all this pain all the time? Just like, well, it is what it is. Like Eeyore. Like, no, you don't have to be like this. Right. And then if you do go to, you know, there's different you know, physicians or specialists that go oh, just exercise more. And then they want you to go for a mile walk every day, or they want you to ride the Peloton or ride a bike. Your body is in pain at rest. So like there's something going on that we need to address. If I can make you feel better, if PT makes you feel better, then you're going to want to go do all those things and do all that strengthening on top of it. But I think that's a big thing too. Like, okay, you're in pain because you're not active. Go be active. Okay. Well, why are you in pain? So I think that's a big thing too that PT helps with is getting you to the point that you can do physical activity that the doctor's prescribing you to in a way that is tailored to you. Really glad that you're bringing up things that people have actually said to you because I think that's so important. And I really wanted to know from you if you could kind of give like almost a checklist, I guess, of with all the women that you've seen at the Women's Center. Yeah. 
is there a commonality or a few different symptoms that line up with pelvic floor dysfunction that people can kind of go like, yeah, I'm having this, maybe things that they don't generally think of as being pelvic floor, because I know for a fact that pelvic floor dysfunction can go misdiagnosed for so long, either as like recurring UTI, or they go, oh, you just have PMS, or oh, that's low back pain, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's pelvic floor dysfunction. And then you get mistreated for all these different things, when really it's your pelvic floor. Yes, for sure. And I think like to go along with that too, hopefully like this is kind of encompassing, like it's not just an isolated thing, right? It's like, okay, everything's fine, but like, oh, you're just your pelvic floor, right? You're like, oh, just one muscle is mad. If your pelvic floor, right? If you're having issues or you're having back pain, typically your pelvic floor is related or hip pain, or like I even said before, TMJ pain. What, what else are other people doing or experiencing that they don't even realize that they're going through or, oh, I have this, but I, I thought everyone had this. So like, doesn't everyone have back pain? Well, okay. Maybe not everyone, but I think a large majority of people, but why, right? Are their cores weak? Are, is there weakness in their hips or the weakness in their ankles? What's posture look like? What's their musculoskeletal system look like? Are there other things that um, other systems or other specialists can kind of look into too? But in terms of just overall, we actually made a physical checklist to hand out to the moms and caregivers and like friends and family of kiddos that come to our location because we really like, hey, we take care of the babies. Let's get the word out to the mamas and the grandmas and the caregivers and the aunts and the all the women in the community. But for someone that doesn't work in it, like I can talk pelvic floor all day. I can talk about it and hopefully not make you feel weird or cringy or want to run away. But for someone that doesn't, right, that hasn't heard this or hasn't heard someone that knows about it, talk about it. They don't know how to like, so how's your pelvic floor? People, they don't know, right? Like, how do you even, how do you even bring that up? Um, or what do you say so that it doesn't sound cringy or uncomfortable? So there's a couple, well, a couple, there's um, a bunch of uh, signs of pelvic floor dysfunction that I'm going to kind of like list through. A lot of them I've already kind of talked about, but I always feel like the more you hear something, the more it sticks with you, or maybe um, a different phrasing of it or hearing something else can kind of strike a different chord. But painful urination or bowel movements, it should never hurt to go to the bathroom. You shouldn't have to strain. It shouldn't hurt. It shouldn't be hard to pee. If it is, usually those muscles are too tense. And with some stretching, relaxation techniques, manual therapy, we can get those muscles to go from being that like sheetrock hammock to a nice one that you want to lay in. Leaking of urine or feces when exercising, laughing, coughing, sneezing, that's not normal. Is that common? Sure, with some people, but that's not normal. And that's not something that anyone has to live with. Inability or difficulty emptying bowel or bladder. So kind of similar to the pain. If you go to pee or you feel like you have to go like number two and you like you can't get it out, that tells me, okay, there's well, it could be a bunch of different reasons, but from a pelvic floor perspective, maybe those muscles are so tense that they're not actually relaxing in order to do what they're supposed to do. Um, frequent trips to the bathroom. This one's interesting too, and hopefully can kind of, um, I know when I first learned about it in school, every time I peed, I was like, wait, how many times did I pee today? How long, how many Mississippis was it? But <laughs> really like frequent tri trips to the bathroom. So if you're six to eight times of like peeing during the day is normal. So if you're not peeing as much, right, then typically the first thing I think of like, okay, how much water are you drinking? Diet and water are really, really, really big, especially if we're looking at like constipation, if we're looking at 
Um, right. Because if you're, if you don't have enough fiber to get stuff moving and grooving, then how are we supposed to get stuff out? If you're not drinking enough water to flush out toxins, to get things, to get your kidneys working, everything, then, um, we're not going to have enough actual urine, um, output. And then also peeing more than one time a night. So like, if you're getting up zero or one times, like during the night to pee, then, okay, then we're, we're pretty much in the clear. But if people are getting up like two, three, four times during the night or peeing like 12, 15, 16 times during the day, we don't want that. Because I think a big thing too that we'll talk about or like that is on social media or things, right, is like that don't pee just in case or, okay, I'm going to leave the house, so I'm going to pee. You're kind of training your bladder to not actually know when it's full or like so that it kind of feels those sensations, right? Of like, okay, now it's, it's full or I feel it a little bit or I feel it and I can hold it. So um, if you're, if you find yourself waking up multiple times during the night or going more than eight times a day, then there could be some dysfunction as well also, or some pelvic floor tightness because sometimes those muscles are holding too much in and kind of like how you mentioned before too, my proud mom moment, but when uh, when the pelvic floor, when you're peeing, it should be chilling. Your pelvic floor shouldn't be doing anything. Sometimes people's pelvic floors are on and that is end up trapping some um, urine from getting out. And then two seconds later, they're like, I have to pee again. Or I coughed and then I sneezed or I just, right? Like I stood up and then I realized that I had to pee. Well, like, didn't I just pee a little bit, but not everything came out because those pelvic floor muscles are so tight that they're not allowing for everything to do what it's supposed to do and for gravity to kind of like in the bladder to do its job. Pain during or after sexual activity is not normal. The same with pain using like a tampon or during like OBGYN exams. Pelvic vaginal or tailbone pain, lower back pain, hip pain, abdominal pain, butt pain. Pain is not normal. A lot of that can be related to your pelvic floor muscles, deep core muscles, because they're all connected and have similar attachment points at your pelvis. Um, heaviness or pressure in like your vaginal area too. So like that can be related to like pelvic organ prolapse where your organs kind of push down on the walls, right? And kind of push, start pushing down on your pelvic floor. And we just need to generate some more tension so that it's a looser hammock, but with some strengthening exercises, we can get it to build up that tension. So again, like it's that hammock that you want to lay on. Um, scar or incision site pain or sensitivity, especially with like postpartum. Also abdominal separations after birth, right? So those muscles have to stretch in order for the baby to be able to grow in the nice uterus that it lives in. And then afterwards, sometimes it takes a minute for those abs to come back at that nice linea alba, which is that internal kind of connective tissue where everything comes back to. So any of those reasons, and that's where people will go, oh, I feel like I can stick my fingers by my belly button and like my abs don't come together. These are all signs of core and or pelvic floor dysfunction. And if you're shaking your head at any of these, or if you're like, check, 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 then a referral for pelvic floor PT is definitely something that I would highly recommend sooner rather than later. Oh man. Yeah. There are so many things there that you just don't realize. Again, this is the crazy part because the pelvic floor does so much and like, God bless the pelvic floor. Truly. God bless the pelvic floor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I need that on a mug, (laughs) but there's so many things that I think it becomes kind of routine. And especially when 
I know for the longest time, I was bringing a situation up to my OBGYN and it kept getting brushed off or it kept, you know, she kept saying like, we'll just go on birth control. Yeah. It's like, okay, that is a freaking bandaid. That is not helping me at all. And honestly, it's kind of appalling. Some of these doctors that don't look into more about like, well, why is this happening? And that's what I really love about physical therapists, because I feel like they do want to investigate. There's that mindset shift where if you go to to a physical therapist, they're going to try and drill down to the core, or at least they should be drilling down to the core of what's causing it. Whereas a lot of times, if you go to a general medicine doctor or an OBGYN or whatever, they're going to try and be like, I was suggested Kegels like so many times, which would have been an absolute nightmare, absolute nightmare. And so that's where like, please, if you are dealing with any of these things, if there's one thing I can share from the bottom of my heart, go either get a referral for physical therapy or go check it out. It's different depending on, you know, your state or your insurance, whatever, but highly recommend it. And it honestly could change your life. Yes. And I think, yeah, for you too. And like going back to when you were talking about like the Kegels, a lot of people like, oh, you know, you just, just do Kegels or just, just squeeze those muscles. Most people that do them, do them wrong. There was this cool like research study that showed that like the majority of people that if you told to do a Kegel were doing it wrong. They were using the wrong muscles. They were holding their breath. They are actually bearing down rather than like drawing up and in. For some people, it's like trying to strengthen an overly or tighten an overly tight muscle. And thanks for saying that too, because I think a good PT is going to listen to you, hear you out, ask you a lot of questions or make you fill out a very long intake packet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But then I can already get a good sense of what's going on. And then we can dig into like the nitty gritty and hopefully make you feel at least the eval. Like if I have get someone leaving and they feel like they have hope and they're excited about coming back and they're not any kind of uh, or um, reservations that they had coming in, if those are gone and people are like, I want to come back, people hug me sometimes because they're just so excited because someone listen to them and that they're no one's been like no one told them this before so if I can do that and if we can do better as PTs and as pelvic floor physical therapists and continue to advocate for these patients and patients right by like educating patients to advocate for themselves or to go in and be like hey I'd like to go to pelvic floor physical therapy and to be able to kind of share that with their providers too the more that we can talk about it and the more that people are aware and know that they have one and know where it is and maybe a couple things about what it does. I think that as basically just as people with bodies and pelvic floors, we can really fill a big piece that has been missing in a lot of women's lives, like yours included, right? Yeah. And I'm so glad that you brought up understanding more about what physical therapy is and especially pelvic floor physical therapy, because I think that's another thing that people could be like, okay, I know the area you're talking about and I'm kind of confused or concerned about what that physical therapy would look like. So can you go into some detail about what someone could expect with this kind of physical therapy? Because again, I think the general consensus of physical therapy is like stretching and, you know, movement and things like that. So what could they expect if they go for physical therapy for the pelvic floor? And then also, If there are some like good, easy to explain home exercises or something that they can do to relax their pelvic floor at home. Yeah, for sure. 
So there's so many different treatments. And I think like off the bat, if you think of like, oh, stretch, I'm going to strengthen, I'm going to stretch and I'm going to do Kegels, right? That's like the first thing. Or if you Google like pelvic floor exercises, right? They'll teach you. And there's a lot of really good ones, right? And kind of how we talked about with like TikTok and Instagram. I'm glad that pelvic floor therapy is out there. There's really good Instagram accounts that, I mean, I follow and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Or, oh, I totally forgot about that. Or like, oh, like this made me think of this patient. I'm glad that it's out there. But basically different treatments, depending on dysfunctions or issues or things that are going on with the pelvic floor, doing trigger point release where you're doing um, like manual therapy, right? So this hurts here. I can feel that it's tight and angry. I'm going to do some massage work. I'm going to do some manual work to get that muscle to calm down, to increase blood flow, to increase circulation, to get your body to release natural pain relieving opioids rather than having someone give you a shot of something or take a drug or, you know, take a pill, um, different bladder retraining techniques. So going over like, Hey, do you find yourself that every time you walk in the house, you pee and you don't really feel like you have to, or, Hey, every time you're doing the dishes, do you feel like your bladder just comes on like out of nowhere and you feel like you have to run to the bathroom. So there's different lifestyle, like techniques and different ways that you can actually kind of train your bladder and your brain to work together. Obviously, right, core and pelvic floor strengthening, um, scar tissue mobilization. If there are, if there's scar tissue due to surgeries, abdominal surgeries, C-sections, hysterectomies, removal or um, of anything in like the abdominal region by working that out and by decreasing some of the tension in your scar tissue or by increasing the sensation because sometimes people have pain wearing pants. Or every time they're holding their baby and their baby kicks where their C-section scar is or where their abdominal surgery scar was, it feels like they're getting struck by lightning. Pelvic floor therapy can help to desensitize that as well and to improve the look of the scars, the mobility of the scars. So that's also another thing too that people think like, oh, well, for the rest of my life, it hurts to wear jeans. Like, nope, I've gotten patients who have been in excruciating pain wearing pants or holding their kid to leaving and they're like, oh, the kid's like, kick in and playing with them and they feel nothing. Um, it just feels like normal how it should be. Um, breathing and relaxation techniques. So training you to breathe from your diaphragm or those nice belly breaths that, that you're supposed to be breathing up from rather than breathing from right your chest or your upper neck. Oh, and like just proper body mechanics with lifting, carrying, just making sure that your body is working in the best relationship in terms of all the muscles and the ligaments and everything that it can. So there's so much more than just laying down and doing a Kegel or, um, you know, like doing a hamstring stretch. So there's so much more. And a lot of these are fixes that I you know, bring up in the beginning of the session. They come back the next time like, Oh, I picked up my, my kid. And like, I totally realized that like I was squatting wrong. Right. And I, I thought about it when I did it the next time it felt great. There was no pain. So I go, Cool. Keep doing that. Check. Like what's next? So a lot of it are just our fixes that aren't months and months and years and years of doing this. A lot of people I'll see patients for a few months until they feel like, okay, I feel like I have really, really strengthened well. And I feel like if, if something does come back up, I know how to manage it. Kind of like you mentioned, you're like, you kind of become your own PT. I'm here if you need me, but the goal is to get you in and get you out as soon as we can. And then and, uh, kind of hitting all of your goals, but getting you to where you are kind of your own PT at home and you're managing your own symptoms if and when they do come up. Yeah, I think that's one thing that I really love about this format because it, number one, gives you more peace. 
because you get like that handhold for the time that you need. But then you empower everyone to take their healthcare into their own hands and learn what they need to learn so that they can help themselves because nothing, I remember like in the beginning, I there was only so much I could do because we were like just starting and I was like oh my gosh I it's a Sunday and I need Kelly (laughs) like it's so bad and so that's where you you're in the hand holding stage for a little bit but the goal is that you're going to be able to once you're healed up enough obviously you're going to be able to know oh this situation popped up I know exactly what to do and there's something so exciting about that because you don't feel like you're just a slave to your next appointment and like, I think how empowering, right? Like you're like, yeah. oh, and I know what to do. Or like, Kelly taught me this or like, Oh, let me grab my tennis ball. Or I remember this stretch. The idea of that, that gives me like goosebumps. Cause I'm like a dork with all of this stuff, but really like for you to be able to empower yourself so that you know how to feel better. And then for all patients too. And they're like, right. Cause I do a lot of like manual work with my elbow or with my hands. And I'm like, Hey, I give you a tennis ball. Right. And like, okay put it up against the wall or lay down, right? And like, and find these spots, you can do this at home too. And I have patients that, that come in and they're like, oh, I, I told my mom about the tennis ball or I gave my, my friend a tennis ball and she feels so much better. It's life-changing things, but I'm like, okay. Like it's, it's nothing that is going to make you have to restructure your entire life to make it all about centered about your pelvic floor. It's showing you little things like, okay, while you're holding the baby or while the baby's napping, cool, crank out some of these exercises. Or, hey, when you're cooking dinner, let's think about your posture and, and where, right? Like, where are your shoulders? Are we, are we hunched forward when we're on the phone, right? Or are we sitting too much? So just all of these things that you can incorporate into your life rather than, hey, change everything about your entire life because now it's all about your back pain or your weak pelvic floor. A hundred percent. And it- I think it's so funny too because once you know about like little tips and tricks, I swear you become the new encyclopedia for everyone around you. Because right. like, hey, I I have like this going on. There was someone in my life that um they were dealing with some things. They come to me and they're like, "Hey, does this sound like pelvic floor?" And they're like, "I'm having this kind of like radiating pain." And I'm like, "Oh, I know what that is. It's called <laughs> Kelly Tommy." <laughs> no, and, I love that. And it was so great because they were kind of nervous. Is it this or is it, is it pelvic floor radiating? And I pressed on this one area down by the hips Yeah. and I'm like, does this relieve it? And they were like, oh my gosh, that feels so good. And I'm like, yep, that's pelvic floor. <laughs> You're like, I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that. It was so great. I knew you'd be so excited if you oh, were I, it. I am so, so proud. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And that's the one thing that I think other, and not to like crap on other, you know, medical professions, but I'm just saying, yeah. You know, these other things you have to keep going back and keep going back because you can't do it yourself. But this, yeah, you go for a little bit, but you're going to be able to do it yourself. And for the time that you're not able to, because you're still in that building up phase, you're actually getting genuine results. And I want to go into this really fast because I just feel like if anyone is like some of the things that go into it, I want to kind of get this out of the way because I know it would have been scary for me, but one of the things that you do sometimes with pelvic floor physical therapy, you mentioned manual release. There yeah. is such a thing as internal release. And if it sounds, I'm not going to go into it because that would not be, uh, that would be explicit material. But sure. um, I will say if it sounds scary, that literally, I know for me, I was like, oh, absolutely not. Like zero way is that <laughs> happening. And you know what? That ended up being the thing that changed my life. Like that was the thing that 
took me from being in excruciating pain to not being to like actually being able to live my life and I'm like gonna start crying thinking about it but (laughs) sometimes you just got to do things that sound scary but who knows if that's not going to be the thing that makes you go from I'm in pain all the time to wow I can do daily things the other day I texted Kelly and I was like (laughs) I just squatted down to go pet my dog and I wasn't being careful I wasn't thinking about it I just did it and I got right back up and I had no pain and I'm gonna start crying again but seriously that was mind-blowing and it's if I hadn't have done something that I was like oh no way no way then I wouldn't be at this point and I think that's such a good lesson too just in general of Sometimes you just got to push through these things and, you know, it might sound scary. It might be like, oh man, I don't know what to expect, but it genuinely could be the thing that makes all the difference. So if you're listening to this and you go, yeah, that sounds like me. I think I might need pelvic floor physical therapy. And if your PT suggests this kind of therapy and you're like, whoa, 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 now, no, I'm so glad that I did that because had I not, I would 0% be experiencing the relief um so I just it's so amazing and oh my gosh Kelly I am so 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 glad that you have (laughs) taken the time to come on this episode and if anyone is interested in finding out more info about the Women's Center if they're in the Florida area or even if they just want to check out I mean I don't even live there anymore and I still follow your Instagram because (laughs) I get good tips so yeah um, yes there's exercises stretches all of these different things on our um, social media page. So it's the women's center underscore CTS on Instagram. And there's basically, but like pictures, videos, basically like, Hey, back pain today. Here's two things you can do to fix it. Or low back bugging you when you wake up, here's a couple things you can do. And it kind of gives you a little snippet of what therapy might look like or something that like, Hey, I never thought about this. And if it feels good, cool. Um, whether or not you end up needing PT itself, but just like we try to keep up with things that can just keep people feeling good and getting their bodies uh, kind of working how they're supposed to. And there was actually a really good one the other day. It actually has you in it. So shout out. Um, <laughs> but it was relieving period pain, mm-hmm. um, like cramp pain. And oh my gosh, I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, oh, this this exercise right here and I'm going to send you the video and it was just great because when you see it in your Instagram feed it kind of sticks with you and so then when the situation pops up you're like oh wait a second I know that this was just talked about let me go see how I can work on it because otherwise you know for me golly I would just sit there and just continue to be in pain like I I chronically will not take a pain pill I chronically will not take a freaking Tylenol because I'm like no (laughs) I'm going to work on the situation at hand I'm not going to like band-aid it (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, and, and I think too, knowing that you're not the only one that's going through this too. Right. Cause like when these things happen, you're like, oh man, it's just me. Cause I have, I'll have patients too. And they're like, do other people have this going on too? And I go, yeah, like they do. And they're like, well, like, I didn't know that. And I go, right. If you're meeting a new, right. Your group of people, that's not going to be your fun fact. Like, Hey, I'm Kelly and I have pelvic floor <laughs> dysfunction, you know, like that's not something that you bring out or that like right you shake someone's hand and you, you you tell them about your back pain that's not we don't talk about these things in a general kind of setting I mean, maybe with your close friends your family or your medical providers but I think that's really the point of why I do what I do and like having these intentional conversations and really listening to my patients because usually it's right they say everything's connected but it really is 
And if we can kind of really get to the root of what's going on, pelvic floor included, or whether it's not, it could be totally not related, but just getting people to feel better and just kind of advocate for themselves for sure. That's incredible. I love that so much. You guys don't even know, but (laughs) it's so crazy how I even got connected with the Women's Center in the first place. It was like the most random story. And it was such a God thing because genuinely the single most painful experience of my life was turned into a goal that I was able to tackle and overcome. And I know for a fact that my progress that I made was because of Kelly and because of how the Women's Center structures things. And you've just been so gifted for this field. And that's something that I will never take for granted. And I'm just so glad that you were able to come on and share all these things. And hopefully it's impacted people because again, like we said, so many things are misdiagnosed or interconnected and you just don't realize. And so I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and thank you again so much for coming on Kelly. Thanks so much for having me. I literally had the best time. And I want to say just thank you to you for what you do and for getting the word out there and for sharing your experience too, because right, public, like, oh, what is that? Like, do I talk about it? But it really is so powerful and it's so important to be able to talk about your situations, right? And like things that go on with you because this is real life stuff, but people just either don't know if they have one or where it is or what it means. So just for you to see the value in this and just for me, like to see how far you've come in terms of therapy. And like, it's not all scary. Like we, we laughed so much. Like I would crack up when you were in there just because of like the friendship that we ended up like developing throughout all of this. So I'm, am very grateful. I wish you didn't go through, I wish you didn't need me for, for PT, but I think that the world has a way of making things happen in the way that they're supposed to and putting people in your life for their the right reason. And I'm, I just think it's really cool to be sitting here in a totally different circumstance right now to be able to kind of talk and reminisce on all of this. I miss you. I miss, I miss you coming in twice a week and hanging out and talking about our um, songs and childhood things. But um, no, I, I had a really good time and I'm just so happy that you're, you and your pelvic floor are doing so well. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my gosh. I, we got to close the show before we both start bawling. But I know. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for listening and be sure and check back next week for a brand new episode. Do not forget to go follow the Women's Center. I'll have all the links in the show description and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Oh my gosh, dude. I literally almost started crying. <laughs>